how about those Philadelphia fans? It seems like, like we said, uh, it seems like every other night, different team, and after a dispiriting, lifeless type of performance against the Atlanta Braves in game one of the series on Monday night, the Phillies bounce back last night, win it six to five, winning game two of the series. We'll dive into it all. This is Philly Stam, your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, September the 11th as we come off a Phillies victory. And a team that, again, looked really lifeless in that first game of the series against the Braves just came out after beating the Mets two straight games, losing that first game in such a, a disappointing manner, uh, the walk-off walk to beat Alonzo. And came back the next few games and, and you know, played good baseball and, and made up some ground. And then just a bummer of a showing on Monday night against the Braves. They just get handled 7-2 to at no point really in the game. Braves jump out in front and that was that. Really, that simple. And last night the Phillies do what they do. And they... Uh, they pivot from night to night from horrendous to really solid and last night we got a good version of the Phillies team and they got out of them early jumped all over Max Fried who has been a really nice pitcher for the Braves this year a young left-hander the likes of which we would love to have here in Philadelphia but Freed luckily last night not as good as the Phillies were able to be, but the Phillies had to had to fight. It wasn't easy as the Braves really took it to them after that. But uh, we'll dive into the whole thing. But ultimately, it was uh, it was nice to the Phillies come out and find a way to win last night. As we talked about it a lot earlier in the week, and and in general, the idea that coming off of last September, last you know season, when this team just totally went in the tank over the last month of the season, one of the all-time horrendous collapses we've seen in any sport in any time. Just a really, um, again, to use the term, dispiriting showing over the last end of the season, last season, last month plus of the season last year. The Phillies just go in the tank, don't show any effort, just a really disappointing upsetting really team to watch on night night basis and I think if nothing else so far and again we still have three weeks left in September we still have you know uh, 18 games left in the season but it really looks like this Phillies team this group of guys is not going to lay down like that Uh, they are not going to concede the season in the same way they are going to fight and Man, I appreciate that, and I'm sure you do too, as Phillies fans. Last year, it was really, ah, it sucked. Uh, There's no other way to put it than it sucked. Last year, the last really two months of the season, if we're being honest, but, but especially September, it sucked. It was the worst. It was a team that had contended all season long and been in first place as deep as August. Just going in the tank in the worst of ways and ultimately ending up below 500. A team that it felt like at one point was a lock to finish above 500 and so below 500. And um, 
it was a really it was a bummer as a Philadelphia Phillies fan to watch that happen. And and look, we all know. Don't get me wrong. We all know that that team had no chance, and we didn't actually believe in them. They were not talented enough, just not good enough. We didn't expect them to actually do anything. But at the same time, to see them just just quit on the season, or at least seemingly quit on the season, was was tough. And so far this season, we have not seen a Philly team that will do that. Like, this team is not, again, the percentages. You look at fan graphs, you look at 538, you look at baseball offense, whatever you want to look at, they're in the low 1%. You know, they're they're 5% chance to make the playoffs, 3% chance to make the playoffs, 7% chance to make the playoffs. That's it. Uh, so uh, there's no delusion here. We know they're not likely to make the playoffs, but they keep fighting. And... You know, after that game on Monday night, that game Monday night, they didn't fight. They lost 7-2, and it was handily. It was... And at no point did you feel like this Phillies team was actually going to win that baseball game, and it was coming off the Mets series, and you, you were hoping to, for something. You were hoping for effort, and they didn't show up. But the team last year, if they didn't show up uh, two nights ago in game one of the series... They would absolutely not have shown up again last night. They would have packed it in. They probably already would have been packing in. But luckily, you know, this team showed up last night. And that was nice to see. And they get a, a really nice victory over a good Braves team last night. 6-5, to five, a game that you just felt like they were I was actually down at the stadium last night, which was really fun. It was fun to be down there. There was some really... Neat things to see, including an inside the park home run, which is really neat. We'll get to that, but ultimately, uh, again, Max Fried was 16 and four coming into the game, and the Phillies get to him now. He's 16 and five. Suck it, Max Fried. Uh, but uh, unexpected, but the Phillies fought, and uh, it was a tight game. The Braves fought too, you know, that was the thing. So, diving into it, the Phillies come out early and they, they jump on the Braves in the first inning. It was, again, a, a nice example of this team not quitting and saying after last night, yeah, we suck last night, but you know, we're coming out tonight. We're ready to roll from the jump, and they got at it early. A JT Romito solo shot in the first inning makes it one nothing, and then Bryce Harper's 31st home run of the season makes it 2 nothing in the first, and then, oh, Cord, uh, Reese Hoskins uh, he, uh, gets a hit to get on base, and then Corey Dickerson, four to nothing in the first inning. And Corey Dickerson, two-run bomb. The Phillies with three first-inning home runs. That is something we have absolutely not seen enough this season. Wow, it's so f- fun when your team just jumps on someone, and and they did, and it was really cool to see Harper. A mammoth shot, the longest of the three by far, 443-foot bomb. As uh, Really, it's so fun to watch that guy hit, isn't it? Like when when Harper gets a hold of one, when he, he has that violent swing and, and he gets it and he barrels it and you see it, it's really fun. It is just a fun thing to watch. You know, we watch sports for the, the fun moments, for the fun things, for the, wow, look at that guy do that thing that, me, average Joe guy on the couch could never do. Like, that's the, the beauty of sports. And sometimes Bryce Harper does things where you're like, wow, that was really cool. And I could never do that. And uh, he is fun to watch. 
Big homer there as the Phillies up 4 nothing in the first game. Corey Dickerson, by the way, and we'll get more Corey Dickerson going, but what a hitter. I'll get to that in a moment. But here's the thing. 4 nothing Phillies in the first, and this Braves team shows why they are uh, the leader in the NL East, why they are a really great baseball team, a team that also doesn't quit. With less to play for in the Phillies, they fought back. Fought back. They get a, uh, a really... Nice third inning of just singles and moving runners over and all this stuff. Ultimately, the end result, it is four to 4-4. By the end of the top of the third inning is the Braves just able to get all over Jason Vargas, and they nibble him to death. Vargas just unable to catch a break. And, and look, there were a lot of solid contact there, but Vargas... His worst start as a Philly in terms of innings only goes three innings, six hits allowed, four runs, only two of them earned, but four runs, three walks, and three strikeouts. Vargas just unable to get it done yesterday. Really disappointing showing from Vargas, but the uh, the offense would ultimately pick him up as Vargas gets through the third. The bottom of the third comes around, and Scott, Kegery in one of the craziest plays uh, you'll see a inside the park home run to take the lead which would uh, just a monster in the moment but it was a, a crazier thing to see as Kingery hits a fly ball to dead center field a, a shot and, and Ronald Acuna is tracking it and tracking it and you it's, it was actually one of those weird ones because normally you see the guys tracking. You're like, all right, uh, I know it's not going to be a home run because he's stopping around the warning track. I know he's going to get it. He's going to get it. And this is where Acuna kept going back. And you're like, all right, this has a, a chance here. But at the same time, it looked like Acuna really thought he had a chance to get the ball. So it was kind of one of those weird ones. And it turned out that both things were true. It was home run as the ball cleared the fence, but Acuna had a chance to catch it, and he almost did as Acuna actually caught it for a second. Acuna jumps up over the fence, catches the ball in his glove, comes back down, and as he's, like, jumping back down from catching on the fence, and you see the smile on the face, and he's, like, about to say, like, yeah, like, and he's, like, looks like he's celebrating. He brings his glove down almost like a whipping fashion as he's literally going going to celebrate and the ball flies out of his glove and he realizes and he's like wait a minute wait a minute i caught it and doesn't go for the ball meanwhile this whole time scott kingery's motoring around the bases in a really exhilarating thrilling kind of moment and uh all of a sudden acuna realizes that all right well maybe it'll get replayed maybe it won't but they're not calling out so he runs and catches you know goes and grabs the ball Throws it in the really man. The throw home is Kingery is motoring around third base. The throw comes in and they're basically on time. Ultimately, the throw bounces off the catcher as Kingery slides into home without the tag coming at all. And Scott Kingery has an inside the park home run. Very cool to see in person. I've not seen a inside the park home run in person that I remember prior. And uh, it was super cool. And you watch the replay and look. Uh, sorry, Ronald. Uh, Ronald Cunha, he definitely caught the ball, but he didn't maintain it all the way through the catch. And I feel like we're talking about the NFL right here. We're talking about you know catching it and maintaining it through the catch and all that stuff. But the the rule in baseball is that if the ball comes out of the glove, um, 
on the transfer where a fielder is catching the ball and transferring it to their throwing hand to throw the ball back in or to try and get a guy out or whatever, that is still counted as a catch. But in this case, Acuna never got the ball back to his hand. He never got it close. It came as he came down off the fence and was about to celebrate the ball came out of his gloves so I thought it was a great call by the umpires it wasn't challenged by the Braves or anything because um, despite Acuna's uh, seeming uh, uh, thoughts and beliefs in the moment uh, it was uh, he, he didn't catch it and ultimately the result was a inside the park run super super cool as uh, King Ritz inside the park run makes it Five to four in the moment, and uh, then we head on to the sixth inning. So not a lot of scoring for the while. And then Scott, uh, then excuse me, Corey Diggerson, who already has one homer, steps the plate, and he just smokes a ball into the upper deck in right field. I'm talking. He hit the ball, and it was out of the stadium in a in a second. It was a. Like, immediate. It was pretty awesome as uh, Dickerson, second homer of the game, and uh, we'll give him a 6-4 lead, which was important because Johan Carmingo, uh, Carmargo uh, homered in the uh, the eighth inning to make it 6-5. to five. Ultimately, Hector Neres would come in and shut it down uh, for his 26th save of the season, 25th save of the season, excuse me. As um, But... Uh, as he had a, a clean ninth, Jared Hughes gives up a run. Uh, that homer to make it a little bit closer, but ultimately Blake Parker gets when he pitched two innings of clean work. The bullpen did show up for the most part, only gives up the one run after Vargas's rough outing. The bullpen, a nice showing. Jared Hughes, an inning and two-thirds, does give up the homer, but um, Nick Vincent, an inning of clean work, gave up it. Blake Parker, two innings, four strikeouts from Blake Parker. He was pretty good last night as he has had an up-and-down time obviously with the Phillies Nick Vincent has been bad Rangers Suarez a clean third of an inning uh Jared used the one uh and two-thirds innings gives up the run but otherwise solid and then Actonera is a a clean nine for save but uh Corey Dickerson man I, I can't say enough good things about that guy you know we've talked about a lot but a a kind of on the margins trade a guy who they got for absolutely nothing someone who was not targeted, you know, and quote-unquote as someone who was, someone who was going to change the team or make a, a ma- massive difference. But, man, Corey Dickerson, and we knew it. I said at the time, I said it going into the deadline, that was someone I wanted them to target as someone who's just a really good hitter and a smart hitter and someone who knows what he's doing and someone who just add a, a capable bat as a... a, a Every, you know, few days starter, a bench bat. But, man, he's been so much more than that. He's been the best hitter on this team other than Bryce Harper really since he's been here. And J.T. Romito, potentially. Uh, uh, Corey Dickerson has been just awesome. And it really raises questions about what they do after the season. Do they consider bringing him back? It's probably unlikely considering the glut of outfielders they have. But, man, it has been a joy. It has been a pleasure to watch Corey Dickerson do what he does. It really has. It has been such a joy to watch that guy bat. And just the art of hitting, the science of hitting. Corey Dickerson is 
really skilled in that. And it's been really enjoyable to watch that guy play as Philly. And look, if they found a way to bring him back and find him playing time, I would be all for it. But I am not expecting it is, is really the point. But a huge fan of Gore Dickerson. He's been really, really just stupendous. Since coming to the Phillies, and again, last night, 6-5 win, a tough win, a gritty win, a win that at multiple times I thought they were going to lose the game, and they didn't, and they deserve credit. It was a, a nice win. Again, uh, a team that we deride a lot for, and rightfully so, but we deride a lot for not being able to get on a run, not being able to really you know, make any hay in the, the playoff chase and always being up and down and up and down. But at the same time, while they have been very up and down and very inconsistent, you can't really count on them to carry momentum at any point, anytime, anywhere. But they haven't given up. They haven't caved. And I know that isn't that's something where you can say, well, like, of course they shouldn't cave. Of course they haven't caved. Like, yeah, why are you giving them credit for that? Like, no team should. But we saw it happen last year. And with some of the same guys and the same manager on it. So, if nothing else, I do think that it is notable that they fight. And they don't... They maybe have some games like two nights ago where they just... They don't have it. And they don't... uh, And they don't bring it in that same way. But they don't cave on a a night-to-night basis. They're never... They're never totally out. And I I do appreciate that about the team. All right, coming up. Uh, we will continue to look at uh, what this team did last night moving forward and what it means and uh, a couple uh, interesting things uh, about uh, pitching coach Chris Young. We talked about yesterday with the uh, this Ken Rosenthal piece where it really intimated that Chris Young's job could theoretically be on the line. Um, Gabe Kapler was asked about it and uh, some interesting remarks there. We'll dive into that and, of course, look at tonight's game. As well as game three against the Braves. As the Phillies look to take the series lead potentially with a win tonight. All that and more coming up. It's Phillies Today. James Seltzer, we're coming right back. We are back, Phillies Today. James Seltzer as we come off a, uh, a really nice win over the Braves. Coming up, we'll look at to tonight's game against the Braves. Game three of the series. 1-1 so far in a four-game series. But first... Uh, we talked yesterday, really the whole day was spent talking about the Ken Rosenthal article on TheAthletic.com where he really, really critiques the front office and the job they've done and um, really a, a kind of scathing piece about the Phillies not going all in. Not even not going all in, that's not fair. About the Phillies not committing to this team and this season and making a commitment saying, hey, we believe in this team. We want to go for the playoffs. And look, the idea that you don't always know when your time's going to be, but yeah, you always have to think about the future, but at the same time, if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you got to go for that because that's fleeting. And, you know, you never know what can happen and what can go wrong. Um, ultimately, though, there were some other just nuggets in the piece. And look, Ken Rosenthal is a reporter. He's more a reporter than a columnist, an opinionist, whatever. Like, the article was a, a, a column but Ken Rosenthal is a reporter, and all that stuff comes from sources and knowledge, and he is plugged in, as plugged in as potentially anyone in the sport, legitimately. And um, so all that stuff comes from somewhere. And a couple of interesting nuggets talking about one of them, the idea that Chris Young, who obviously was given the pitching coach job 
this past offseason is they let Rick Kranitz leave, the pitching coach, prior season, and he ended up being the pitching coach for the Atlanta Braves. And Chris Young, so far, it is not uh, not going great, let's say. And uh, Rosendahl implied that uh, there's a real chance that John Middleton could and should look for a new pitching coach at the end of the season. Uh, Gabe Kapler was asked about... Um, Chris Young's performance so far. And Todd Zlaggy had a really interesting article on MLB.com about it called The Heat Is On, which uh, the title tells you a lot. Kapler, in uh, in being asked about Chris Young's performance, whether he's satisfied with it, just said yes, simply. He said, uh, Kapler wanted to say, the way I'd elaborate is, we've seen some improvements over the course of the last six weeks. That stands out to me. We've also seen a guy in Jason Vargas who has come over and performed well for us. But obviously he's had some success in his career. He goes on to say, I think Drew Smiley is a good indication of the work that is being done. His last start was excellent, obviously. I think if you ask Drew, he'll speak to some of the work that he's done since he's been here. That's how I'd address it. Look, I mean, that is, to be fair, a, a bit of a weak defense. Of Chris Young. That almost feels like Gabe is saying, you know what? Some things are good. Not all things are bad. I mean, that is not a... I mean, that is not Gabe Cowboy saying, hey, Chris Young is outstanding because of A, B, C, D, E, and F. And G. And and H. This guy's the man. Look at what this guy did. Look at, And that's partially, to be fair again, because he doesn't have that many examples of it. Kapler doesn't have that many things where he can say, look at this, this, and this, because Chris Young has been very good. I would be floored if Chris Young is still the bending coach next season, which is crazy, because, again, there's someone they, they bet on, organizationally speaking, and uh, they bet wrong, it seems, as he has done nothing in terms of making guys better. I mean, we've talked about it all year. We don't need to belabor it, but... Um, it's interesting that came out, and the Kapler, for me at least, that was not a, a strong defense. Someone who's defended him strongly all year. It's not a strong defense. And then you take into account the Zach Eflin thing, where Eflin has basically pitched really well over the last three starts after being a disaster for two months, after pitching really well early in the season. And Eflin has basically said, yeah, like, I started throwing my two-seam fastball again instead of my four-seam, even though they wanted me to throw my four-seam because the two-seam works better. Zach Eflin has basically said, hey, yeah, uh, I started doing this again because what they told me to do wasn't working. So I'm going to do what I know works. That's an indictment of Chris Young. That is damning. That is the type of thing on that basis alone I would consider firing the pitching coach. So this is going to be a really interesting situation to watch, but I don't think we can underrate how crazy it is that Zach Eflin basically said, hey, I'm going to do it my way. You're wrong. To his pitching coach. And it's working. So one more out of the Chris Young situation. There's more to dive into there, but let's keep it in mind. All right, let's look at tonight a big game. Oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention – can't believe I ever got to mention huge news in terms of the, you know, NL uh, NL wild card situation last night is, and it's a bummer because he's been a a star this season. But Christian Yelich, who was literally on his way to his second MVP season, and still might win it even with the injury. There's enough time left where the numbers might hold. But 
Yelich breaks his kneecap last night. Uh, such a bummer. Uh, loss for the season. So that is a big blow to the Brewers. We'll dive more into it tomorrow, but um, really a bummer as Yelich again having one of the great, already having one of the great back-to-back seasons. We remember he should win back-to-back MVPs, but this injury could do the last couple weeks potentially hinder it, but really a, a magnificent season. That is a blow to the Brewers. All right, tonight, game three of the four-game series, the aforementioned Zach Eflin. Let's see what he does tonight as uh, he's been really good, and it's because he started to do what he feels works for him. So keep doing you, Zach, because he will take on, of course, isn't it, of course, Zach, of course, Dallas Keuchel, the guy the Phillies in sign. So hopefully Eflin can make us feel good and Dallas Keuchel can not make us keep feeling bad either way. We will be back to talk about that and a whole lot more tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Philly Stay right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.